Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And today we are joined by our good friend from Sports Illustrated, Jason Hewitt. What's up, man? Hey. Homies, man. It's good to be back. It's good seeing y'all. It's really good seeing y'all. Well, man, we, ha- we, we had to have you on after everything that went down. Was it Friday? Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> this whole week has been so crazy. I, I can't even remember which day it was. I want to say, um, so it happened on the 19th. So that was, um, what Let's day see. was that? The 19th was Friday. Yep. That was, yeah, that, Friday. That was Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Friday. Ooh, it was a crazy series <laughs> of events going on. <laughs> we will definitely talk about that here in a minute. Uh, we're also mm-hmm. going to talk Patrick Sertain in our draft profile series, our continuing series. I think we're up to, what are we, number seven or eight now? Number seven. So the seventh player we've talked about, Ooh. Patrick Sertain, cornerback out of Alabama. Uh, is this the second uh, Alabama player we've talked about or the first, Jerry? I believe this is the first. Okay. There's another one I think we'll talk about too. But uh, this was a, a Patrick Stane was one that, that Jason really wanted to uh, discuss with us. So we'll do that. Uh, we'll kick off with some news and uh, talk some Deshaun Watson. But first, Jason, you were contacted by, you can't say who, but we can surmise it was potentially a $20 million a year quarterback from the Carolina Panthers. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, y'all can say it. We can <laughs> say it. We can say it. Well, he just received some interesting information from a weird type of account. You can yes. go ahead and explain the story what how you went. Ooh, all right. So, Friday afternoon, you know, kicking it. I made a comment on Twitter about um Teddy Bridgewater unfollowing the Panthers on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everybody else did. Because everyone else did, you know, that's because the you know, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. And I received this weird quote tweet from an account called that's called uh, EDMTH. And the uh, tweet said, you a straight up clown, Jason. You don't know nothing about the Panthers inside. So I was like, I just dug into <laughs> it, the account. I didn't take anything like that seriously. I just dug into it just to see what was up. And I looked at the account, and it was really interesting that the account just happened to follow the Miami Heat, Mm -hmm. who a certain quarterback is very, very fond of. Mm -hmm. And I also noticed that there were certain tweets that were involving um, comments about a below-average offensive line (laughs) and how the fans weren't supporting said quarterback and how the system failed them and this and that. And so... That was also interesting, and I saw looked at a lot of the follows, and they were all pro Teddy Bridgewater supporters. So I was like, "Oh, okay." So, you know, I started you know playing with the account a little bit, and I assumed that it was a quarterback, and I put it out there, and that account didn't really like that at all, <laughs> and. You know, it was a little back and forth, a little chatter. I'm from North Atlanta, so hey, man, like I, I do some trash talking. Sure. I do a lot sure. of trash talking. <laughs> but eventually, like I kept looking at this account, I was and like noticing like the phrasing that this account was using, and it was very, very similar to a certain quarterback. So I drew a conclusion that it was him, and. I tweeted it out and I received this weird DM from the account stating that, Hey man, 
because I said that I was going to write an article about a burner. And, you know, should I have said it? Probably not. And, you know, I took everything down because, you know, we're at SI, we're professionals, we don't do this drama stuff. But at the time, you know, I was, I was feeling some type of way. I was like, no, man, this is, (laughs) you know. Yeah, of (laughs) course. Whoever's on the other side of this is definitely trying to persuade you not to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I received the DM saying, hey, can you not write the article because it could damage Teddy's reputation? And I was like, hold up. And then I kind of put two and two together and went to, drew my own conclusions and tweeted out that DM. <laughs> and it gained a lot of traction and a lot of attention, but I eventually took it down. But it was weird because the account eventually tweeted out, how do you delete DMs and a bunch <laughs> yeah. of really suspicious stuff. So, and then after I took it all down, I kept getting messages from the weird account getting Teddy Bridgewater emojis and like laughing emojis. It was real. It was really weird. So it was a really weird situation. And apparently, like it's a big deal on Twitter now. But you know, it it is. What it, is. it is. I wasn't able to see your original post or anything, but I did kind of do some research on that thing. And in it, it said I'm from Ireland. But then he in in one of another post, he said he was British. And then he always talked about being on Miami Beach, but no, no talking about being in Ireland or, you know, Great Britain. Weird stuff, Said y'all. It's classic burner activity, right? Like, yeah, you know, we all remember like Kevin Durant a couple years ago, got in a lot of big trouble because he was doing basically the same thing, you know, sticking up for himself via a burner account. And you always get caught like, you're so you can't change the way you speak every single time you tweet something. That account also followed Louisville. I mean, it's either the oh, di- most diehard Teddy Bridgewater fan. Oh yeah. Who like cares about Teddy Bridgewater way more than they should, you know, or someone close to him. Or it's Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. kind of funny, you know, that you of all people were, were kind of caught up in that, uh, you know, given given that you're a, fu- a friend of the show and everything, uh, you know, kind of fun to talk about. Oh, most definitely. It's always good to come on here, man. <laughs> that, that whole situation was so crazy. I still laugh about it to this day because it's like, man, like, <laughs> I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> that's, <crazy. laughs> that's a crazy situation. So it is what it is. I'm over it. Like. Um, and another interview, someone asked me what I would do if like I saw Teddy Bridgewater in the street and like, I wouldn't really do anything, man. Like all I do is cover the team. Like if he doesn't really have any information for me, which to be honest, these days, I feel like he's not really like a huge topic of conversation for like Panthers fans, Panthers coaches, (laughs) anybody like we all, the only thing that people are really concerned about is his exit. Yeah, yeah. Who's, the, who's the next one? Exactly. So, you know, it is what it is. It's just so weird that he cherry-picked that out. Or, yeah, well, I, we're all, or Stephen and I are in agreement that it's Teddy Bridgewater, that he picked your tweet out of everybody else tweeting. All these articles being written that, you know, he's gone. and just Now, now just if you follow Jason, at Jason Hewitt 50 right? That is correct. Uh, if you follow Jason, then you know Jason's not a huge fan of number five. 
That is that is true. <laughs> I call, I've, I've called him number. Five. He was number five for a very long time. You're absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah. So uh, so you know it's not too crazy that maybe maybe this person uh, got a little sick of that. You know. Hey, people get fed up, man. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, with everything going on, you know, I mean. Uh, the Panthers are making it pretty clear that they're ready to move on at the quarterback. Physical position. limitations. Yeah. Ooh, yep. I mean, that's that's rough. <laughs> like, you know, they they tried to get Matt Stafford. They sort of, I guess, were talking a little bit about Carson Wentz, but it didn't seem like that was really serious. Uh, of course, Deshaun Watson. There, it sounds like they would give up. Uh, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but they'd give Before. up a lot for Deshaun Watson. Um. And then the draft coming up, like all else fails, they're probably going to draft a quarterback. So Teddy might be feeling not not quite feeling the love these days. Yeah, and then like apparently Ryan Clark said on air that the reason why that he unfollowed the Panthers and a bunch of teammates is because, and this isn't a personal dig or anything. This is just what was reported, was because he went through a bad breakup with his girlfriend or whatever, and that. The girlfriend like made an account on Christian Mingle, mm-hmm. and so hey man, breakups suck. They're terrible, but people and people do some crazy things when they're going through bad situations. So that's <laughs> it, it's a tough time for him, and I I feel for him. So hopefully he shakes back, and maybe not necessarily with the Panthers, but you know he shakes back in life, and you know does what he has to do. Well, I mean, all accounts are Teddy's a good dude, like. Personal, yeah. personally, a good dude. Is he the quarterback that we want for this team? Probably not. No. You know, was was were there some times where I wish he would have taken more accountability after losses or after, you know, he specifically wasn't able to bring the team back or or do something that you'd want your quarterback to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved for him to be a little more accountable, but we don't wish ill on Teddy, right? I mean, no. and Jason, I know, you know, speaking for Jason, I'm sure, but you don't wish well on anybody, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, you know, if uh, Teddy's wearing a different jersey next year, I'm cool with that. I think a lot of Panthers fans are. I was gonna say, I think most Panther <laughs> fans are looking forward to that. Yeah, at this moment, it's definitely. So, any any other uh, tidbits to talk about there, Jason? Or are we ready to move on? Um, shoot, this is y'all world, and I'm living <laughs> in it. But I mean, I feel like I said everything I need to say about that situation. But if y'all yeah. have any questions, like obviously I can't say who it is, but of course, of course. I mean, it, it all the signs kind of point to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you been contacted by any other strange accounts? I have Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> I have, and oh, okay. the name oh. is very similar to the suspended account so uh-huh. oh, who, who knows, man? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> uh and and just you know this isn't teddy's first time with burner accounts uh, i think last year he admitted to having some accounts that weren't his official account uh and he said that they were because he wanted to you know interact like a normal person with people so you know teddy knows how to create other accounts and use them so this isn't crazy, uh, and and like Jason said, with everything that sort of went into this and and the deep investigation that Jason went on here, <laughs> you know, draw your own conclusions, right? <laughs> amen, amen, amen. All right, uh, Jerry. There's a little bit of Panthers news out there. Let's get into it. Yeah, 
after we recorded on Thursday, a lot of Panthers news dropped on Friday. Uh, the Panthers released safety Trey Boston, defensive end Steven Weatherly, and punter Michael Pilardi, freeing up $11 million in cap room. The only surprise was Trey Boston. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he didn't have the greatest season, but safety isn't the deepest position on this roster. That one surprised me. Um, and like you said, he didn't have a, an excellent season, but he had a pretty good season the year before that that got him that contract. Mm-hmm. He still had, what, two years left, I think. Um, there, I guess he's being de- designated as a June 1st cut, so they'll save a little more on this year's cap. But, J- yeah, Jason, any any thoughts on that? I mean, was that that wasn't expected, was it? Well, Trey Boston, he was a very like a typical middle of the road safety. He was very okay. Like he he didn't have a terrible year, but he didn't have a great year either. So, you know, if you want to make some cap room, I feel like releasing him wasn't necessarily the worst move in the world. And between him and you know they shifted uh, Matt Paradis's deal a little bit mm-hmm. and turned it more into a signing bonus, which freed up even more cap space. I believe it was around r- nearly about an estimate, um, estimated 4.7 million. Mm-hmm. So that should definitely help as well. And it, it seems a little aggressive, but the moves also make sense, like whether Watson arrives or not, because this team definitely needs some more help and free agency. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they address other areas on the team. Yeah. yeah. My next little bit of information, Panthers restructured Matt Paradis freeing up $4.6 million. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so the cap, cap room is sitting at like somewhere between 35 and 40 right now, right? Correct. Yeah. Depending uh, on what the final track cap is. has it at 39, but they're also considering it at 189. Oh, at 189. For wow. The adjusted salary cap for the Panthers at 189. I think they're going on the estimated of 185 with the 4 million rolled over. Uh, I got you. Yeah. I, I saw that, that it wasn't expected to get all the way to 185, but maybe it'll get close. But that's not bad. I mean, almost $40 million of cap space coming into the offseason. That's more than the Panthers have had in a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to have money to work with these days. Yeah. Even though there are so many holes that needs to be addressed. Oh, I know that's right. <laughs> And they went ahead and used a little bit of that money. They signed wide receiver Brandon Silstra, Keith Kirkwood, and tackled Trent Scott to one-year deals. All these, that's fine. Uh, Trent Scott played pretty well. Silstra played pretty well. Scott's the one that I'm most excited about, probably, because he he did play well in spot duty. It's always nice to have tackles in the depth chart that can play that type of position every once in a while yeah uh as a former offensive lineman yourself jason that's got to be pretty you gotta be pretty happy about that right i am pretty happy because you know the line of scrimmage gets really violent and even like the worst injuries are also non-contact injuries you know and Mm -hmm. offensive linemen they have a tendency to have some pretty rough knees. So <laughs> it's it's really nice to, you know, see that the Panthers are dedicated to adding some depth on the line. Yeah, I mean, and we're assuming that that we won't have um uh who was the left tackle that we signed? A Kung. We're okay. not gonna have him. Mr. Bitcoin. Yeah, Mr. Bitcoin himself. Hey. Losing some money this week. Supposedly <laughs> he may have been one of the top pit 
paid uh, players because of that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. So kudos to him. <laughs> yeah. It's it's nice to see Kirkwood. They're going to give him another shot. You know, he missed all of last season with that injury. And then Zilstra, you know, made some plays and, and was okay when he came in. I think he mainly played special teams, but made a few catches as a receiver as well. So um, Yeah, I liked all the signings. Yeah, it was, no problems yeah. at all. And they're all the, I hate saying bottom of the roster guys, but I mean, they're the bottom of the roster guys that are going to be competing for, you know, spots on the roster at the end of the training camp. Yep, for sure. Just definitely. All right, Steven, you want to go ahead and take over for the Deshaun Watson trade scenarios and yeah. what we're willing to give up yeah. to get him? So, you know, uh, we'll just kick it off with this. So there was a report from ESPN. I think it was like ESPN Upstate or something. Some some version of ESPN. Uh, saying that sources close to Deshaun Watson said that he will accept a trade to either the Jets, Dolphins, or Panthers. So that got Panthers Nation, of course, extremely excited. Uh, yeah. As if we weren't already you know, <laughs> on the Deshaun bandwagon enough. Right. Um, but I've been kind of gathering all of these proposed deals that various media outlets have been talking about. Uh, SI, ESPN, Bleacher Report, Athletic, um, uh, USA Today. So I want to kind of talk about some of these and see what what you guys think about them. So the first one, probably the one that we've heard of the most, uh, CMC plus three first round picks. Would you guys be happy if that was the trade for Deshaun Watson? Three yes. first round pick is this a lot. Yeah. Hey man, but... it is what it is. <laughs> Jason's ready to go. Oh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I th- I th- I agree. I think you would take that because it, he's a 25 year old franchise quarterback that's Agreed. already on a long term <clears throat> deal. I, I would hate to give up CMC because he's just an incredible playmaker when it, when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know, franchise quarterback more important than franchise running back. Absolutely, I totally agree. Yep. All right. So the next one here: four first round picks. Yes. Full stop. Yeah. Yes. For the next four years, including this year, no first round picks for the Panthers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Would you do you like that one better than the CMC plus three first rounds? Yes, because CMC is an established player. So yes. I agree. I think I would rather do that. Uh, so <laughs> these next few are a little more out there. Uh, CMC, Brian Burns. Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, and two first-round picks. Is well, that Robbie too Ander- much? It wouldn't be the deal that the Panthers should offer, but if that's what the Texans want, then yes. <laughs> yes. So yes, you as yes. a Panthers fan, as a Panthers writer, you would you would be dancing on the ceiling if they acquired Deshaun Watson and that was the cost. Absolutely. And that was two first round picks with two CMC, first round Brian picks. Birds, Teddy Bridgewater, mm-hmm. and and ooh. Robbie Anderson. Yep. It's a lot, but you're gonna have to sacrifice. That's just how this business works. See, I don't think I would want to do that. I I don't mind Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, but and the picks. But but the Brian Burns and yeah, and CMC, that's just a lot. It is I, a lot. I think that's a little bit too much for my blood because Brian Burns is gonna be 
you know, that pass rushing defensive end that you need on a team. I totally agree. And I, I get that he's entering his prime and everything, but did, did y'all watch the Sean Watson last year? Hey, you know, it, it's I, to me also, I think this is a little too much. Uh, you're basically giving up our best offensive player and our best defensive player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another very good offensive player and two first round picks. And then you're throwing in Teddy, uh, giving up burns feels like too much to me. Um, there's another one in here I like a lot more. But this okay. next one here is also a bit of a doozy. So you're looking at CMC, Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, first and second round pick in 2021, first round pick in 2022, and a third round pick in 2023. So you're only you're only giving up two first round picks there, but you're also giving up a second and a third, CMC, Teddy, and Robbie Anderson. I would do that. That's a fantastic trade. I feel like that's a little better. Because that basically you're, you're keeping Burns. Mm-hmm. You're giving up a second and a third instead of Burns, essentially. Which I yeah. think Burns is worth more than a second and a and third. And Robbie Anderson's a free agent after this year. That's also what I'm kind of looking exactly. at. That Yeah. Are we going to sign DJ and Robbie Anderson anyways? Probably not. Probably so. not. This next one, this is the last one here. This is probably my favorite. Shaq Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater, three first-round picks. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think they'll do it, but absolutely. I, I feel like that is actually pretty beneficial for the Panthers uh, because you're getting to Shaq's contract off the books, which may be looked at as sort of a mistake at this point. He hasn't been great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, hey, 100% agree. He, he's, he hasn't lived up to the contract he's playing under right now. Yeah, he. if you trade him, you're going to incur about – seven or eight million dollars of dead cap uh but he's a 14.2 million dollar cap hit this year so you're still coming out on top uh and then you're getting rid of teddy i feel like teddy's probably in most of these trades teddy's included at this point uh and then three first so uh, i like that one uh as an aside there was a report that came out today that teams have been calling the panthers about teddy bridgewater and as of right now the conversations are stalled my thought is that may be the panthers waiting on houston to basically say okay send us your offers we're going to trade him and then you're hoping to include teddy in that trade but let's say that doesn't happen and teddy is going to be traded what would you feel would be i mean are we happy to get anything for teddy at this point or are you hoping to get like a fourth round pick or something? Well, not only that, if you trade Teddy before Deshaun Watson, then you're desperate. And Houston would know you're desperate. The draft would know you're desperate that you're going to have to fork over a lot more. And all other teams are also going to know that too. So they're going to try to outbid you to jump you for a quarterback or outbid you for Watson. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like Fitterer, he's shown that he's super confident as the GM so far. So, I f- yeah, I agree. I feel like he's just stalling and waiting for mm-hmm. Houston to make their move. Yeah. Now you're right, Jerry. That that leaves the, that would leave the Panthers in a pretty awkward situation. Yep. You know, even if they do wait until the draft, then, you know, you're looking at trading up to three. You know, that you would, have would be to. the spot. You'd have to give up. Miami would ask for a lot in mm-hmm. that case because they know that you're going to pay it. Um, 
So, okay, interesting. Um, I did also want to touch on the Athletic put out a list of the top 10 trade assets for the Panthers, and this is basic based on talking with other league executives. And I'll just run down these real quick. So number one was CMC. Uh, yeah. If you trade CMC, you take $17.2 million in dead money this year, which is a lot of money. He's only a $12.5 million cap hit this year, so you're actually losing if you trade CMC. Um, then Burns, obviously, number two. He's only making $3.7 million this year on the third year of his rookie deal. So you basically have two more years after this year of Brian Burns that you can have at a reasonable price. Then Taylor Moten. So Taylor Moten and Curtis Samuel are both in here. Um, they'd have to be like a sign-and-trade or a franchise-and-trade you know, uh, situation for those guys. Then you've got DJ Moore, who's still on his rookie deal. Shaq Thompson, who we've already talked about. Derek Brown. Jeremy Chin. He does have Bridgewater there. And then Dante Jackson as well, who's only a $1.5 million cap hits on the final year of his rookie deal. So for some reason... I thought Dante Jackson been around a lot longer than that, but that's the, those are any disagreements about that? Or do you guys think that the Panthers have any other guys that should be in that top 10 of trade assets? Hmm. Dang. No. Um, (laughs) I feel, I feel like that list is pretty spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and when you look at that list, you're like, damn, the Panthers have a lot of talent. Like they do, but then, is that it? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's number eleven? Well, I, like, I guess Robbie Anderson, maybe. Um, and, and that's what's. What? Yeah, I. That's what you're looking at. That. Yeah. Once these guys are gone, the drop off is significant. They are rebuilding the bottom of the roster. Yeah. Uh, well, Jason, what would you put the percentage at that the Panthers actually do land Deshaun Watson? In a trade. Taking the fanboy glasses off, probably 40 to 50%. Really? That high? Okay. Yeah. I mean, if they're one of three teams that potentially could get them, then, you know, why wouldn't they? And then, like, think of all the moves that they made. Like, they all point to them at least trying to get them. Yeah. So if they trade the farm, then they trade the farm. But I feel like Scott Fitterer is ready to trade the farm, considering that he just came in. And I feel like David Tepper is just kind of sick of watching mediocre quarterback play. Yeah, I absolutely agree that he's tired of it. And he, when he came here, that was one thing. He wants to find a franchise quarterback that could take him there. Jerry, would you think? Do you think it's like 40-50% as well? I think it's a lot lower, unfortunately. I do too. I think it's more like thirty. I, I just don't see Houston doing it. I think they're gonna call his bluff and just say, "You are in the, this with us." That's that's gonna be a disaster. I agree, <laughs> but it's gonna be a huge disaster. It's but not like Houston's a very well-run team, so that is also very true. <laughs> I think that works until Watson goes public, and makes it very clear in public from himself. That he wants out, and you know he's not going to play. I mean, how much more? Well, so far everything's been sources, sources close to Watson, reports. You know, of someone close to Watson said he wants out. I, I don't think he's. And then you've got the cryptic messages that he's been sending out on Twitter, Instagram, right? Um, yeah. That you can read into, and certainly seems like that is the case. But he hasn't come right out and publicly requested a trade. 
And maybe he won't. Maybe that's just not the kind of guy he is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if... Hmm. It, it, I feel like it might turn into a James Harden situation. I really, really do. And it might be ugly, but considering how the Texans have been run over the past few years, it would be on brand for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, James Harden situation you're talking about, I mean, do we think that Teddy or that, uh, ooh, sorry, Deshaun comes in and, <laughs> and uh, you know, plays like James Harden was playing and, you know, kind of dogs it out there and doesn't really give his full effort. I mean, that's hard to do on a football field. You could very much yeah, get. I mean, if he was going to dog it, he would have dogged it last year with everybody getting thrown at him. Yeah. And no help. Yeah. Poor Houston as a city. Like, nobody <laughs> wants to play there. <laughs> it's, it's rough. And it's a great city. So it's yeah. unfortunate. Like, it's a great sports town. I just don't. Uh, it's just. Too many badly run organizations. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, any any other thoughts on that before we take a break, guys? Um, no, no, I don't think so. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back and talk about Patrick Sertain. Today's episode is brought to you by Roan. Roan is clothing that inspires men to live healthy, strong, and free. Building best-in-class products is no easy task. In fact, it's a grueling process of trial, error, and at times, unexpected success. Roan worked tirelessly to ensure the products you order exceed expectations. Roan is clothing made for men, for everything from the gym to the office. We are teaming up with Roan and Podgo to bring our listeners this exclusive offer of 25% off a pack of three Roan polo shirts by going to podgo.co slash Roan. That's podgo.co slash R-H-O-N-E for 25% off a pack of three polos. Roan, clothing that helps you move forever forward. And we are back. Uh, We are continuing our draft profile series, and today... We are talking about Patrick Sertain, cornerback out of Alabama. Jerry, let's learn a little bit about this guy. Patrick Sertain Jr., son of former Pro Bowl cornerback Patrick Sertain Sr., who played for the Dolphins and Chiefs and was selected to the Pro Bowl a few times. Patrick Sertain Jr. was the number one corner prospect coming out of high school. After multiple offers, Sertain committed to Alabama. There, he quickly made his presence felt by starting as a true freshman. He continued starting for the Crimson Tide in his sophomore and junior season, including winning the SEC Defensive Player of the Year for 2020 and winning a national title. Yeah. Overall, uh, just pretty impressive. awesome. <laughs> oh, man. And this, this is Jason. This is the guy that Jason wanted to talk about with us uh, after we, we talked to one of them about Trey Lance. He said, guys, whenever you talk about Patrick Sertain, I must come on. I had to. <laughs> I man. Let's let's get into it, man. I'm excited. Let's get into oh, it. Man. Let's get into it. 6'2, 202 pounds, right? Coming out as a junior. Uh in 2020, he had 32 total tackles, 14 assists, only one interception, one touchdown uh, as well. 
uh, fumble recovery. Now, you might look at his stats and say, well, one interception 2020, only two interceptions 2019, one interception 2018. Um, had some forced fumbles in those other years. This is a, a lockdown corner. Like He's yeah. shutting down one side of the field. So those guys don't often get a ton of interceptions because they're not getting thrown at a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's an island over there. <laughs> yeah, I, that's you're you're exactly right. That's why he doesn't have many tackles. He doesn't have many pass deflections or interceptions because when you're that good, they're going to avoid you, especially in college. The, most quarterbacks there know that you know you throw it over there at your own peril. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, this is the SEC guys. So he's playing legit wide receivers le- with legit quarterbacks mm-hmm. every week. Exactly. And also, you got to think about who he has to cover in practice. He has to deal with Jalen mm-hmm. Waddle and Devontae Smith on a daily basis. Yep. <laughs> and he probably wins a lot of those battles, too. Come on, man. Like, oh, man. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love watching this dude play. Like, he has the perfect length. He's 6'2. He can play on the boundary. He can defend the short side of the field. Like, so, oh, listen, man. He can. He's going to be a problem in this league. I know that, you know, corners, you know, it's kind of hard to tell, but I can just look at this man and see that, you know, when he's in man, it's a wrap. It's over. You're not throwing the ball up unless it's like, I guess, one of the premier receivers, like maybe like a Devontae Adams or even maybe uh-huh. like DK Metcalf. But even then, man, like Patrick Sertain is that man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. And he's he's got the size to match up well. I mean, he's not 6'5", like some of these receivers, but, you know, he's 6'2", so he's not 5'11", like a lot of the Panthers' corners are right now. He's got some size to him. He's fast. And, you know, corners, usually those top-end corners that come into the draft, they almost always work out. If they're not, like, mm-hmm. all pros, they're usually in the higher end of – you know, the league at the, at that position. So it's not a huge risk to take somebody like Patrick Sertain in the and top 10. You're absolutely right. And the Panthers need somebody like that. And this guy overall is just a fantastic player. He can play the ball in the air. He's a great tackler, uh, good in run support, good hands. Uh, you said it match up with big receivers. One thing that I read over and over again when I was doing the research on him, he's so smart. Mm-hmm. that he can diagnose a play and know when to hand off a receiver to his safety, when to make certain plays. That was the best thing I kept reading over and over about him. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, assuming that they keep him, he would be the perfect guy to play with Dante Jackson because Dante Jackson, he's more, he depends on his athleticism a lot more, you know? So mm-hmm. it would be a nice mm-hmm. switch up to have someone who's more technically sound to be on the other side of the field. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, we actually saw some growth from Dante Jackson when he played yes, this season. Did. He unfortunately was injured a lot yeah. in the season. and that But that was something that Jerry and I talked about coming into the season with Dante Jackson was, is he going to stop just relying on how fast he is, right? Yeah. And look at tape and prepare, you know, more for games maybe and, and not just try to jump the ball every time. It gets close to him. And we saw that. I think we saw that. So you yeah. pair somebody like Patrick Sertain with 
an improved Dante Jackson, that all of a sudden that secondary doesn't look too bad Not at all. And hey, man, we we talked about Brian Burns and how elite he is as a pass rusher. You know what Sertain is going to do to his game, man. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. And you have Corn Elder that you could put in the slot, who was one of the top slot corners in the league mm-hmm. last year. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, and it sounds like I mean, with Trey Boston leaving, you know, you're potentially looking at moving Jeremy Chin more in the safety position. Uh, maybe you move uh, Burris to that free safety, and you, and you put Chin there. I don't know. We'll see how it all works out. But there, you got some players. I mean. This could yeah. be a different looking defense. Assuming that we keep, you know, Brian Burns, <laughs> we keep Derek Brown, we don't give them up, you know, for a Deshaun Watson in some mega trade, mm-hmm. then things things could look different on that defense this year. Um, yeah. Jerry, I'm just kind of looking at our notes here. We've got a couple of cons. Um, we always have to have a con. No one's perfect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jason, <laughs> Jason, tell me if you agree with these. Uh, may struggle playing the slot. He's more of an outside corner. I agree. And struggles to keep up on deep roots. Is he not? He, he maybe he's not super fast. Yeah, he's not super mm-hmm. fast and not twitchy. Is what I kind of yeah. Read. Okay. He's not like but, a freak athlete, but he's so technically sound that I feel like it makes up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've seen guys that are extremely fast just not be able to play very well, and you know. If you look at some of the best corners in the history of the league, they're not, you know, track stars. So, <laughs> a lot of them anyway. Yeah. I'm no, sure he's I, fast I, enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. And I'm my impression is being that smart, being able to play man, playing able to, I mean, overall, he's he's a great great cornerback that's going to come into this league. Plus, if you got these receivers that are relying on their speed, Mm-hmm. You know, then just put Dante Jackson on because they're probably not the best receiver on that team anyway. Usually, the best receivers on these teams are the guys that are running crisp routes and they're, you know, just great hands. You know, they're not always the burner. Uh, oftentimes, they're not the burner. They, you got the burner on the other side who's just running straight down the field. Hey, just put Dante Jackson on them and put Patrick Sertain on the other side. Um, yeah, so, all right, let's talk about this. Uh, we'll go with our standard questions here that we ask on every player we talk about. Uh, does this player fit the current roster? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, him, Dante Jackson, and Cornelder. I mean, that that cornerback group would pretty be pretty solid. Needs some more depth, but overall. I mean, this is something the Panthers have not had in a long time. Ever. Well, I mean, Bradbury was good, and he got better mm-hmm. as the years went on, and then they got rid of yeah. him. Uh, so, th- Josh Norman and Peanut Tillman were probably the best one two that I can think of. Recent memory, yeah, 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 yeah. right, yeah. Uh, I mean, does does Patrick Sertain come in and Jason? Are we thinking that he starts right away and that he is? you know, as good or better than Dante Jackson right off the bat in the NFL? Oh, that is a great question. And I feel like, that's great. oh, maybe you, you never really know with rookies, especially when you compare yeah. them to guys who've been in the league. Like Dante Jackson's still young, but he does have league experience. Mm-hmm. 
So I feel like Sertain, he might coming in early. But I definitely see the Panthers starting him if they draft him immediately. Yeah. Absolutely. I think so, too, especially with, I mean, who else is going to be over there? They haven't re-signed Russell Douglas yet. Um, so, who you know, who knows? Uh, will this player fall to the Panthers at eight? I think so. I think so, too. I, I yeah. think it's possible that he goes early. It, him and, and Caleb, was it fairly... Mm-hmm. Are the two top corners that seem to be, you know, being mocked in the top twelve to fifteen picks? So I think either one of them could go before the other, but I think there's probably like an eighty percent chance that he falls to eight. I would think. I agree. Yeah, I do too. I think I think he does. Most mocks I see him falling past eight. So. Yeah. Would you be excited if the Panthers drafted this player? Yeah, I would, depending on the circumstances. If yeah yeah my if the top three quarterbacks are off the board, then I would be happy with Sertain. By top three, are you including Trevor Lawrence in that, or you're saying the other three? Ooh, okay, <laughs> I will tell y'all because on the last show, on the last show that I was on, I wasn't a huge fan of Trey Lance, but yeah. I've watched some more film and listen, throwing only one interception, it. it your career, that's pretty impressive, man. In your entire yeah. co- college career, mind you, it wasn't that long, but still, man, that's pretty doggone incredible. So, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll say those top three, um, not including Lawrence. So we got Zach Wilson, we got okay. um, yeah, Justin Fields. Fields, thank you, and Trey Lance. So if those three are off the board, then yeah, certain. Let's go. Okay, um, so now we'll talk about where he falls on the meow mix big board and these are just of the guys that we've talked about so far so jason i will read this out to you uh these are the guys so far on the big board number one on the big board for us panay sewell that's our that will be our number one draft pick of the guys we've talked about so far number two justin fields number three zach wilson number four micah parsons number five trey lance number six kyle pitts so where would Patrick Sertain fit on that list for you guys. Would you like to go first, Jerry? No, no, Ooh, you're all the right. Guest. Um, I would put hmm, right after Micah Parsons for me. Okay, so you got him ahead of Trey Lance on our board, Ooh. but maybe in your own personal list, he'd go. Would you put him below Trey Lance? Would you put him? He, he would only be ahead of Kyle Pitts. Honestly, if Trey Lance is on the board and the Panthers got Sertain, I wouldn't be upset. So, okay. Personally, I would prefer that they go after Lance, but heart says Lance, brain says Sertain. How about that? Okay. <laughs> I completely understand. This is what I've been trying to tell, what I say almost every episode. If they pass on like Lance and he's out there to get. Certain, my assumption is the organization, the coaches didn't like Lance mm-hmm. to pick him. And mm-hmm. I'd be happy with that because you have to trust that the coaches are going to know what they want more. So, Jerry, wh- wh- what would you want as. I would put him right below Trey Lance at number six, ahead of Kyle Pitts. Okay. So, and by the way, Jason, Jerry and I disagree on Kyle Pitts. I would have him a little higher on this list. I would um, never draft a tight end in the first round. Top 10. 
All right, but if he's if you're playing him <laughs> like a wide receiver, like if he's as good as they, a wide they receiver, they get Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase. They might not make it to eight. <laughs> Either way, okay, that's fine. Uh, for me, I, I'm going to agree with you guys uh, below Trey Lance because I just can't, I couldn't put him above Michael Parsons. Mm-hmm. I couldn't definitely couldn't put him above Sewell, and then the other quarterbacks. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. So we'll put him at number six, Patrick Sertain. Not that we wouldn't be happy if the Panthers oh, drafted no. him. I think outside of Kyle Pitts, for for maybe you guys, um, we'd be happy with any of these draft picks. So far, yeah, honestly. Totally agree. Jerry, what are the chances that this whole draft profile series that you and I have done means nothing in a couple weeks after the Panthers get rid of their next five first-round draft picks. <laughs> I mean, it's already in the books. It's on YouTube. It's you know, it's all on the podcast, but yeah. I'd be still ecstatic that we have Deshaun Watson. My wife would kill me for going to buy another jersey. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> would we begin a series of uh, second or third-round draft picks <laughs> instead? I mean, we could just change the name of this podcast to Deshaun Watson's Love Letters. Yeah, that would yeah. be fire. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on Patrick Sertain before we end this thing? Lockdown. No. All right. Lockdown. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh- all right. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the show, please let your friends know. Please follow us on Twitter at Meow Makes Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. If you leave us a five-star review with a comment on Apple Podcasts, we'll read the comment on the show. Next week, we'll be taking a look at cornerback Caleb Farley. And if you have any other players that the Panthers should look at at number eight, just email us at mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. Yeah. Um, we're also on Clubhouse at meowmixpod and oh, Locker Room that in there. at meowmixpod. Uh, Jerry, you might want to see if you can get Locker Room. I know Clubhouse is iOS only, but Locker Room is, uh, I believe, platform agnostic. And we might do some stuff on there in the future. Um, th- these are kind of news social networks that are audio only. Um, so it kind of fits in with the podcast theme. Uh, so yeah, check us out on there. Um, might be doing some more stuff on there as the, uh, as we get closer to the season. Uh, but until next time, everybody stay safe out there and keep pounding. Hell yeah. Another fantastic show. Thanks for having me on again, man.